Hello, Hipsy. Welcome back to another podcast of Seas to Serve. This is Cheat Mian. And this is Cheat Angus. And today we'll be going over the gospel. So the gospel for this week is called Jesus Cleanses the Temple. In this gospel, it starts with Passover. And Jesus went to the temple to pray. But instead, he was met with people selling oxen, pigeons, and running their businesses within the temple. He got really mad and he made a whip and drove out all the animals, then turned to the people and said, Take these things away. You shall not make my father's house a house of trade. The Jews then asked him what sign he could show them that could explain his reason for doing this. Jesus then answered, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The people were super confused because it took them 46 years to build this temple. How could this one man raise it up within three days? But in reality, Jesus was actually talking about the temple of his body. After three days, he rose from the dead. In this gospel, it talks about Jesus both in the temple, like a literal temple, God's house. And he also meant the temple of his body. So... Angus and I were talking and we were thinking there's both a literal approach to the gospel and then there's also a figurative approach. The literal approach is that when we are in God's temple or in case the church, we should be serious, we should be respectfully listening, watching mass, but with all the distractions around, it's become increasingly harder to do that, especially when we were in church Before COVID, we were able to see that people were on their phones, they were texting, watching videos, chatting, or just being distracted during Mass. And we bring those distractions into the house of God. We bring our phones and we actively take them out and we use them. And Jesus' anger when he went to the temple was rooted in hurt. And then another way we can look at this is our own physical lives. I don't know about you, G. Andrews, but my room is pretty messy, like... 24 7 mine too it's a it's embarrassing <laughs> i am ashamed it's like i i take out one thing i leave it in the corner it just lives in the corner forever yeah yeah when i'm living in a messy space i feel like it's hard to walk around there's junk everywhere and even though i might be preoccupied by like studying or even just having fun and like watching videos and stuff i feel like I have to clean just because now it's become an eyesore in my room. I physically can't really go anywhere. It's So I feel like I have to clean because I have to and not because I want to. So even though I'd rather spend my time playing games, working on my homework, or just straight up sleeping in my room, it's necessary for us to clean it and stay clean because... People were saying the cleanliness of our rooms can be a reflection of our own minds. And cleaning is a way for us to possibly figuratively clean up our minds. So improving our mental health, decluttering our minds. And also, I think cleaning without thinking helps you just kind of relax as well. So I feel like that's also a way to declutter our brains from like actively working 24-7. That's true. So I'm a really messy person and I try to coexist with my mess rather than like clean it up um, for as long as I can pretty much until like either my mom yells at me to clean or until like it becomes some sort of hazard to me where I need to clean it up. And even then, 
I usually just clean enough to survive, you know? Like the barely passing grade cleaning. Unless <laughs> unless I'm like suddenly somehow super inspired to like do a whole wipe of everything, then I get to like enjoy how clean and neat and organized everything is for like a good week or two and then it gets messy again. And that's a really bad habit of mine. But I also <laughs> realized that more than just not being a slob, I would say that my standards are to be a civilized human being where I don't just have dirty dishes everywhere trash is overflowing kind of thing like i don't live that badly in terms of cleanliness since i used to live on campus in my apartment and that was something i did maintain very clean because it didn't already have all the stuff that i hoarded years of my life in my like regular home it feels really nice to have a very clean and like open spacious organized area and it's like so i don't know relieving it's just like wow I have my life together. <laughs> I was like watching this Facebook video actually. Why do military people make you make your beds every single morning? And it was like because, you know, even if you have a really crappy day, then at the end of the day you come back to your bed and it's like made and it's like, well, at least I did something right today. <laughs> at least one thing went well. So, you know, like cleanliness is good. I guess it's like anchoring you. Even if your life is chaotic, knowing that there's order in your home, in your room, it brings a sense of peace. For sure. I'm like, at least I did something right today. Like, at least my room doesn't look like it's been through a tornado, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help that I'm a big hoarder, too, so I literally can't part with certain things. I know I still have drawings from when we were in Big New together. And it's like, <laughs> why? Why do I still have this? But I can't do it. I, I don't have any use for it anymore. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta let go of the things you don't need in order to make room for Jesus. So, she edges. What is the figurative meaning of this gospel? <laughs> yes. So the figurative side of this gospel is that, you know, how Jesus said that his body is a temple that can be raised up in three days. We also have a temple, which is our body, that we need to maintain and keep clean for God. And so something that I wanted to reflect on and think about is how cluttered are our souls and what kinds of worldly things, the treasures, the conflicts, the drama, do we cling on to or just build up and leave in our attics? How does that space used for things like our family, our friends, school, work, clubs, other aspects of life, how does this all take up room in our home, in our temple, that is our soul? And how does that take up space that could have been meant for Jesus? And this made me think of something that I read a long time ago and I couldn't find it. But it's something about like, if Jesus was a guest arriving at our home, then we would leave him in the living room, the guest room, you know, where it's like all nice and clean and neat and everything. We like offer him tea and whatever crackers. You even like have the windows open to the outside so people walking by will see, oh wow, this is the room meant for Jesus. Like you are a nice, good, holy Catholic and you're showing this part of yourself to the world. But what about the other rooms in your life, in your soul? Are those all clean and pure and like something that you're unashamed to show off to the world too and to God? Or are you going to keep him in your living room and just leave him there only? And the story moved on to where like at some point your room, your house is so messy that you're ashamed to let Jesus in at all. And so you leave him outside. You don't even let him in anymore. And so, you know, you come outside of your home to like say hi a little bit, stand at the doorway and then that's it. And so at some point, if you clutter up your inner home to a point where you push God out of your life, 
if you reach that point, you gotta you gotta stop and think and be like, oh man, how can I treat God this way? How can I not just welcome him in to my home? One side of it is like being ashamed of how sinful, how dirty your house is. But the other is also to acknowledge that Jesus is there to help you clean up. So he's a guest, but he's also a friend, right? Yeah, you welcome your friend to your house. And it's like, I'm so sorry, it's a mess. But if they're a homie, they'll help you clean up too. And so that is what Jesus is. He's a homie to help you clean up your house as long as you let him in. Obviously, ideally, you would have a nice, beautiful, clean home to begin with. But because we are flawed human beings, our houses do get dirty. But it's important to make sure we never push him out away entirely. And when we do, we still remember to open the door and let him back in, no matter how much of a mess we are. And I also wanted to talk about another thing, which is a little passage that I read from C.S. Lewis. The theme of it is, you are God's home. So it says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one that you thought of. He's throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. So I thought it was really cool to have this different perspective. When you let Jesus into your life, then he's there to start changing it. And obviously there are things that we recognize that we like need to change and that we need to work on and improve. But there's also things that we're not aware of. We think that this is what we're capable of. This is where our limits are. But if you let Jesus in, he'll turn you into something amazing that you never knew was possible. But that can only happen if you let him in. And so it's a really cool perspective. And reading this helped me get through a lot of difficult things in my life. For sure, I agree. I think that passage really shows that God sees so much potential in you. He really does have a plan. He's building a palace out of a simple cottage. And it shows that even though you only thought you were only capable of being a cottage, like Chia just said, he has so much potential for you, even though at the time you might not know it or believe it yet. In the end, when he is slowly building on you, you are becoming an even better person because you let him in, you let him change you for the better. And I think that's really cool. So in applying this to our own lives, what are some things in our own temples that we need to clean? Is it our rooms or maybe it's the drama, the conflicts in our lives. So how can we do that? What are some things that clutter your lives, Chi? Just... Oh man, I know that my <laughs> life is a mess. My temple is a mess. But something that I've been reflecting on is the fact that I've been able to recognize that I cling on to negativity a lot. My house is cluttered with a lot of pessimism. And I think that has impacted the way that I view the world and how I interact with other people. And so that's something that I definitely need to clean and get rid of. I want to have a more positive outlook, a positive perspective. When I encounter any conflicts and issues and struggles in my life, rather than be, oh, I'm definitely going to fail, or oh, this is not going to go well, so why do I even try? Or I'll try, but you know, I won't expect much from it. That kind of attitude is 
definitely not doing good for me and definitely doesn't put my trust in God who always wants the best for me. I definitely think that praying, offering everything, letting go and not trying to control everything myself is the best way that I can clean that part of my mess. Maybe I'm not good enough, but me plus Jesus is OP. So together, I think that we are more than enough to achieve what my goals are, but even further than that, achieve even greater things than what I have planned for myself. Since you took it in a figurative sense, I'm going to take it in a literal sense. We have a stream team that helps out with streaming mass every week. Even though we've been told your service doing the stream team is how you devote yourself to God and that's your work that you're providing and giving to the church. That's how you're devoting yourself. But I feel like we're up in a studio or we are outside and we are recording for mass, but it seems like when we're in the studio, we kind of forget that we're actually attending mass. And even though we are working to stream it we're pushing buttons we kind of forget that we're still in god's house literally we are in the attic of god's house that's where the studio is sometimes i feel distracted i get bored during mass and because the people that are around me might also be on their phones it kind of tempts me to pull out my phone and check my messages as well even though i know i should be attending mass so i feel like i'm cluttering jesus's temple i'm cluttering god's house because i'm bringing in a phone i'm checking messages i'm going on instagram i'm scrolling when i don't have to be scrolling mass is only an hour and we've always told that's everybody when we were pre-covid i always remind everyone put your phones away and yet here i am taking out my own phone it's something to definitely improve I kind of forget it since we are in such a separated space from mass itself or from the church. But I think it's something that we all are sadly subjected to in this time of Lent, being able to separate myself from toxicity of possibly social media, being distracted with my phone all the time can be something that I can definitely improve on and work on. It's a great opportunity to give God the love he deserves, the love and attention. For your guys' secret message for this week's in hot chat thing is, so you know how Jesus was kicking everyone out of his temple because they're selling stuff, right? So our modern day correlation to that is Shrek saying, get out of my swamp. So if you guys listen to this podcast, make sure to type in the chat this week for in hot, get out of my swamp. All right, and with that, I hope you guys enjoyed the little podcast, and we will see you this Saturday. Bye! Bye-bye. It's not good news. It's the best news ever.